So, I mean, I think the main idea was to be the individual that couldn't be denied in the presence of others. Whatever that may have manifested itself into today, I believe it's probably more of a past assumption than some reality that I can continue to imagine because more the the embodiment rather embodying the individual or that particular person I mean I, I wrote it literally and put it in a book in terms of what a reader should do I think a, a lot of it may be misunderstood because there was a lot of anxiety written behind the words and honestly even even if i read it today i would probably go crazy and want to read write it do a lot of editing but that's that's my meticulous ways i'm i'm a perfectionist self-proclaimed perfectionist haven't always been but that's one way i like to put it, it's where anxiety usually takes you is that just that feeling of anxiety of anxiety is the mistake you made in the past. So you try to change the future so much that you redo it over and over and over and over and over until it's perfect. But you can only get as good as it gets. When you put out a piece of art, you put out something where the world sees it. You can only get good enough. You can only get to the point where it's good enough. You don't get perfection. The closer you are to perfection, the closer you are to imperfection. Because if you are truly obsessed with whatever it is, a piece of art you want to complete product, then you're always, as long as it, if as long as it is in front of you, you will always be recreating it, evolving it. Why do you think they made so many Batmans? I mean, obviously the same creator or producer didn't make Batman over and over and over, but I mean, there's only one writer. <laughs> there's only one person writing it over and over, and that is the mind and the idea of where Batman came from. Because they think they can make it better. Batman's a great story. It's a great piece of work. It's a great idea. Of this alter ego portrayed by a rich heir. But they're never going to get it good enough to the point where they never have to make it again. It's just going to get good enough to the point where they can look at it over and over and say, how can we evolve this story? Trophs, break it, recreate it. Come from a different angle, maybe a different character rather. I mean, that's just where... The nature of art is. It can only be good enough. On the other hand. I mean. There's creativity. Where it just flows. One thing about. I would say an artist. Truly might have to. Accept. Is that. When they do create something. And they strive for perfection. There comes a point where they abandon it because done is better than perfect. Again, good enough to be done 
is better than perfect. I mean, I'd much rather abandon a project and say it's good enough for now because I want to move on than to keep pondering on it. I mean, if you have editors, if you you have people who review your shit, then that's completely different. But I'm talking to the me, plural. You review your own work until you can no longer be the devil's devil's advocate of it. You review your piece of work until you can no longer be the critic. Even if you are the critic, you can back it up. You become your own defense mechanism. And that's what perfection is. Or rather, striving for it. To the point where it's good enough to be defended. Like, I don't know how people perceive whether it's my voice or my writing. I can only perceive how the critic within me sees it. So if it comes off very unique, it's because it's me. So I've always been attracted to other artists who are in that same realm. I do dream of someday having a team of editors or a team of people who look at me and say, you should tweak it a little bit like that. And then I'll say, fuck that. It's done. (laughs) Of course, I'm not that. I'm not that stubborn. I mean, we don't know because up until this point, it's been me. But the idea that whoever this artist or writer is within me, by now he would have manifested itself. I'm talking the writer who ran uphill toss for miles after never really training for that type of stuff. I mean, you got a headache. You were nauseated from runs four miles up a hilltop of glory on the west side of Portland. But this Terrell would be so powerful in his own life force. You wouldn't know who he is. I mean, I I can't really define myself. I don't like to define myself. I think that's one of the things I fear is being so embedded in who the writer is or the runner or the, I don't know, the entrepreneur, the freelancer, the self-employed. Because then people think they have you figured out. Then you get labeled. Then you have to not necessarily defend it. Although, in some cases, you do. Because if it's truly where your heart is, then the eyes have to defend it. And the mind can only go so many places when it comes to having to be defensive grasp a identity but that's all in the works of your life force this is bud talks podcast episode 346 i'm not quite done yet i'm actually in this golf course
or in the parking lot rather because something compelled me to speak you know something compels me to be more of a voice than a writing wordpress publisher i'm having to practice this voice because it's going to be a damn powerful life force i think it's something within me that actually compels me to be something more than just a writer i think the writer is more of the roots of maybe the speaker or the voice that the voice i do create will be something of a life force that most people cannot deny they'll even see it they'll feel it they'll hear it duh they may smell it if i fucked up i mean i don't know who knows we'll see But you'll definitely taste it because if you try to talk back, it'll almost be like, nah, nah. These words come with a pack. But this is the voice I created because it was compelling. It may evolve, it may differ, it may go slowly, it may go really fast, I might be mumbling, but... Like I said, if one day I ever became a poet, it would be something so electric, but also mundane as fuck. Because you wouldn't know it. Once again, this is Bud Talk Podcast episode. I think it's 346. I have three books on Amazon. The very first one, An Eye Between My Haiku. Published September 2019. It's a journal. A creative writing journal. Book one of Bud's creative writing journal. Creatively thinking and creatively writing. Words made a book. And in between the phases of meditative writing, there is haiku and space to journal. There's also Rigel, a recollection through him. Rigel is a journal as well, but it's a telling journal of an imaginary character who is placed in the future. Sorry, I'm wiping sweat off me. And he basically journals his life story from moving from futuristic Nigeria to the east coast of America, Portavani. Portavani is a district of America. If you understand the District of Columbia, it's kind of similar in the sense that the District of Columbia, if you understand the history of D.C., you would know that it was once four cities. Now it's just Washington, D.C., and before I go, well, actually, so about D.C. is actually kind of interesting, but the District of Columbia had four cities within it. Arlington, Washington, of course, Alexandria, and Georgetown. And Georgetown is still an area, I believe. Alexandria, I think, is over there. Arlington, I think, is where the um, Pentagon is. And of course, Washington, D.C. is the capital of the United States. And within the District of Columbia, right now, you just have Washington. 
So the idea of Portovani was derived from that district. Of course, Portovani is a larger district, including nine states. If you want to read about that book, you want to read about how the districts came to be, who the fuck is Rigel, buy the book. Amuse and Tunes, I just published back in April. It's a creative journal for creatives in mind aspiring creatives it was inspired by tunes 14 great songs it's also on amazon this is bud talks podcast episode 343 thank you for listening and have a great fourth of july bye bye